Good morning. It is such an honor and joy to bring God's word to you this morning. I thank uh, Pastor Tim for uh, giving me this uh, wonderful opportunity. While he's not present here, I know he's watching remotely. When Pastor Tim insisted us to join one of the life groups, he did not know what he was asking for. Neither did I. Had he known earlier, I doubt whether he would have insisted us. I say this because in July, Esther and I came up with a plan to organize an in-person retreat at North Suburban Church for the Indian Christian families in the US. And uh, these are the families who are helping us with developing a website with biblical resources in Indian languages. We shared this with our life group and with Pastor Tim. Everyone showed us so much of uh, no, uh, excitement and uh, they encouraged us a lot. And the rest is history. The church rallied around us. In just three months, we did Trellis 2021. This is like a dream to us. 17 families, 32 adults, and 24 children from six different states attended the retreat. 52 people from our church volunteered. Can you believe this? This is terrific. Several of you prayed for Trellis, and some of you through your financial gifts, generously supported. No words to describe how much Esther and I are thankful to everyone at North Sub who went above and beyond to make Trellis 2021 happen. We are so glad to be your global partners. Thank you so much for your gospel partnership. Pastor Tim asked me to join the life group, and the result was Trellis 2021. Now, he has asked me to preach. I promise I'm not going to surprise him and also surprise the North Suburban Church with another big plan. Let not your heart be troubled. <laughs> Shall we ask the Lord to speak to us? Father God, we thank you for your wonderful presence in our midst. We thank you for your most holy word. Your word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Open our eyes today to behold your wondrous word. Open our ears today to hear your gentle voice. Open our hearts today to respond. All hearts are in your hands and all events at your disposal. Set the seal of your almighty will upon my ministry today. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Last week, Pastor Tim uh, started a new sermon series, Advent Sermon Series, why Jesus? What 
qualifies Jesus to be the savior of the world. He preached on why a human savior. He gave four answers and three implications. Today, I have been asked to preach on why a divine savior. Did our savior have to be divine? Why wouldn't a mere perfect human have been sufficient to save the world? Jesus is truly divine and truly human. He's fully God and fully human. Unlike other historical figures, there has always been the controversy surrounding Jesus's identity. That is, who is this Jesus? Not much around his words or deeds. There has also been overemphasizing either his deity or his humanity. For some, the Father alone is fully divine and Jesus is lesser than the Father, though still greater than the angels. For some, divinity and humanity blended together in one person to produce an entirely new nature like a horse and a donkey becoming a mule. For others, two natures, divinity and humanity, remained side by side, entirely separated from each other, almost making Jesus into two persons. But for us, who are members of the Evangelical Free Church of America, we believe that Jesus Christ Jesus Christ is God incarnate, fully God and fully man, one person in two natures. This is taken from our statement of faith, Article 4. This is for someone who tends to see himself or herself with John Calvin or John Wesley. Do you know, for some, John Calvin is the fourth person of the Trinity, and for some, John Wesley is the fourth person of the Trinity. Both John Calvin and John Wesley not only believed Jesus Christ is God incarnate, fully God, fully man, they also said without the hypothesis that Jesus is God incarnate, it is hard to make sense of any part of the New Testament. Even we sang this beautiful hymn, Charles Wesley's hymn, Hark the Herald, one of my favorite Christmas hymns. Uh, this hymn carries this truth, Wailed in flesh the Godhead see, Hail the incarnate deity, Pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. We sing this because we believe in this, and this is important to our Christian faith. The question before us for our reflection today is, why a divine savior? In other words, why was Jesus' deity important? There are a number of verses in the New Testament that explicitly call Jesus as God 
and Lord. For example, John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Here, is, here you see Jesus as God. Another example, Luke 2.11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Here you see Jesus as Lord. In John's Gospel, we see Jesus strongly claiming himself as I am by which God revealed himself in the Old Testament. In addition to this, many passages in the Gospels that describe Jesus' words and deeds point to Jesus' deity. To answer the question, why a divine savior? Did your savior have to be divine? Why wouldn't a mere perfect human have been sufficient to save the world? I chose three important passages in the scripture. Guess what I found? Three answers. Answer number one, only a divine savior can reconcile all things to God. And answer number two, only a divine savior can reveal God to us fully. Answer number three, only a divine savior can be our all-sufficient God. I want to spend our short time together just addressing this question, why a divine savior with these three brief answers? Answer number one, only a divine savior can reconcile all things to God. Please turn with me uh, your Bibles to Colossians 1, 19 through 20. Colossians 1, 19 through 20. For in him, that is, in Jesus Christ, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him, through Jesus Christ, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. To say that all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus Christ is to say that he is fully God. The baby who was born in a manger in a tiny little town called Bethlehem, the 12-year-old boy who went with his parents to Jerusalem and stayed behind in Jerusalem, the one who went around Galilee proclaiming the good news and doing good, the one who ate and slept, the one who was tempted, the one who was delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, the one who was condemned to death, death on the cross, is God himself. All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus Christ. Why? to reconcile to himself all things. And these all things were created by and through the Christ. In Colossians 1.16, we read this one. 
Paul writes, for by him, by Christ, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Paul was 100% correct when he said, in Christ we live and move and have our being. We are not an accident of history. We are created beings, created in the image of God and his likeness. When God created this beautiful world, there was shalom, flourishing. Adam and Eve enjoyed a perfect relationship with God, with self, with others, and with the rest of creation. But when sin entered this beautiful world through the disobedience of Adam and Eve, the created beautiful world is fallen. Every part of the created order was damaged and broken. Sin affected Adam's relationship with God, with himself, and with others, and with the created order. Therefore, all of his creations need reconciliation with God. That's why we read in Romans, the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth. Not just us human beings, the whole creation, all things. And this reconciliation, bringing about true and peaceful order in all creation, was achieved through Christ alone. Jesus made peace by his own blood, by his sacrificial death on the cross. If Jesus is not God, not the divine, the cross would be an act of cruelty, not a gift of love. Punishing a human or pouring out his wrath on some person for the sins of this world would not be a gift of love, but would be an act of cruelty. But God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, who is divine as a gift of love. God did this so that you and I would be reconciled to God through Christ. Reconciliation begins by receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you enjoy his reconciling forgiveness? If your answer is no, would you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and be reconciled to God and enjoy his reconciling forgiveness? If you would have already been forgiven and reconciled to God, do you know this? God is reconciling the world to himself through Christ, not just you and me, the world, all things, and he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 18 through 19. 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 19. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting the trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Isn't this marvelous? God has reconciled us through Christ to himself and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Christians, in what ways do you enjoy his reconciling forgiveness? In what ways do you engage yourself in the ministry of reconciliation? Our PhD educational studies program director at TEDS reminds us all the time that we are not the end of our own education. Likewise, we are not the end of our reconciliation with Jesus Christ that was achieved by Jesus Christ on the cross. All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus Christ to reconcile to himself all things. Why a divine savior? The first answer is only a divine savior can reconcile all things to God. Answer number two, why a divine savior? Only a divine savior can reveal God to us fully. John chapter one, verse 18. No one has ever seen God, the only God. In NIV, instead of the only God, we read the one and only Son who is himself God. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Jesus has made God known. Jesus, who is himself God, the divine, has revealed the unseen God. In order to better understand this, first, we need to look at the immediate context, which takes us back to the Old Testament, and then we need to look at Jesus' farewell discourse in John 14. In the immediate context in verse 14, John testifies that they have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John and others were able to see the glory of God in Jesus. Not a lesser glory, Father's glorious glory, the glory that filled Mount Sinai, the glory that filled the tabernacle, the glory that filled the temple. Moses once wanted to see this glory. Without any hesitation, he asked the Lord to show him his glory. The Lord answered, you cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. But the Lord did not want to disappoint Moses, and so he offered to show a glimpse of his glory. 
Moses was fortunate enough to see the backside of the glory of the Lord. While Moses in the Old Testament saw a glimpse of God's glory, John and others saw God's glory in Jesus, who is himself God. Let's now look at Jesus' farewell discourse in John 14. John 14, 7. Jesus said to his disciples, If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do, not, you do know him, and I've seen him. Jesus is saying, If you know me, you would know my Father as well. But Philip did not get this. He asked Jesus, show us the Father. Verse 9, Jesus replied, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Whoever has seen Jesus has seen the Father because Jesus has revealed the Father to us. If Jesus is not God, if Jesus is not divine, John's testimony, as we have seen in John 1, we have seen his glory, and Jesus' claim, as we have seen in John 14, whoever has seen me has seen the Father would be fake news, not good news. If Jesus is not God, we cannot know the Father. If Jesus is not God, he cannot be, as we read in Hebrews 1, 1 to 2, be God's final word, revealing God to us. The word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, tabernacled among us. God did this so that you and I would know him more, grow in the knowledge of God. Sadly, most of us are like Philip. Philip was with Jesus, but still he did not know him. This is like going to the church regularly, but still not knowing him. Would you feel comfortable if Jesus said to you, you still do not know me? It would be a terrible thing to hear Jesus saying to us, you still do not know me. One of the important prayers of Apostle Paul for the believers in the churches he planted is that they will increase in the knowledge of God, grow in the knowledge of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us to reveal God to us fully. Why a divine savior? The second answer is only a divine savior can reveal God to us fully. Answer number three, why a divine savior? Only a divine savior can be are all sufficient God. Colossians 2, 9 through 10. For in him, in Christ, 
the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. To say that in Christ the fullness of deity dwells bodily is to say that Jesus Christ is fully God. Jesus Christ is God in flesh. And Jesus Christ is the whole expression of God. Moreover, we read in the later part of the verse uh, 10 that he is the head of all rule and authority. This illustrates God's sovereignty and his providence. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him. Jesus holds it all together. He is Lord of heaven and earth. In Christ, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily and you have been filled in him. This is not about Jesus physically indwelling us. This is about our spiritual union with Christ. Because of our spiritual union with Christ, we have everything we need in Christ. We have all the spiritual blessings we need in Christ. In Christ, we have redemption through his blood. In Christ, we have reconciling forgiveness. In Christ, we have an inheritance. In Christ, we have the promised Holy Spirit. Everything is found in Christ. Everything we need for life and godliness is in Christ because we have been filled in him and united with him. You may wonder what's going on in the church at Colossae. False teachers targeted the church and they questioned the deity of Jesus and taught them Jesus was not God. Moreover, false teachers taught Jesus is not enough. Jesus plus something was necessary. That's why Paul is writing to the Colossians, clarifying the supremacy and the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. If Jesus is not God, Jesus cannot be our all-sufficient God. We can't even be sure about our salvation. In Christ, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. God did this so that we will be filled in him, united with him, and we will find everything we need in Christ. Do you find fulfillment in Jesus? Or do you, fulfill, do you find fulfillment in idols that promise more but deliver less or nothing? Do not be carried away by empty, deceitful teachings which will either denigrate the deity of Jesus or add something more to Jesus. Remember this. We cannot get more of God than we get with Jesus. Let me repeat. We cannot get more of God than we get from Jesus. Why a divine savior? The third answer is only a divine savior can be 
our all-sufficient God. A mere perfect human cannot reveal God to us fully. Only a divine Savior can reveal God to us fully. A mere perfect human cannot be, cannot reveal God to us. Uh, I think, sorry, uh, first one, a mere perfect human cannot reconcile us to God. Only a divine Savior can reconcile all things to God. And then the second one, a mere human, perfect human cannot reveal God to us. Only a divine Savior can reveal God to us fully. And the final one, a mere perfect human cannot be our all-sufficient God. Only a divine Savior can be our all-sufficient God. Therefore, Jesus, our divine Savior, took on flesh, lived a perfect life, so that he could die our death in our place as a substitute to reconcile us to God, to reveal God to us, and to be our all-sufficient God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to this world to reconcile us to God, to reveal God to us, and to be our all-sufficient God. Help us to enjoy your reconciling forgiveness. Help us to engage in the ministry of reconciliation. Help us to grow in the knowledge of God. And help us to find fulfillment only in you. In Christ's name, amen.